Cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. Well, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from out there. God bless you. Many will probably be tuning in in the archives. I just decided to do this impromptu. And uh, do our program early today rather than wait till the wee hours like I normally do. I'm trying to get back on a schedule anyway. Got to bed a little bit earlier last night, about 3.30 a.m. instead of 6. And I've got to reset that to about 10 p.m. Uh, between now and uh, January 1. Because uh, we're going back to work on a Mega Man. Officially January 1. I'm looking forward to being back on air full time. Well, hello Sister Jogboagu. God bless you. Okay, we're going to open up in prayer here in just a minute, and we're going to pick up in Ruth today. We'll finish Ruth today. It's only, I think, four chapters. We did two yesterday. Folks, um, we are approaching January 1, 2024. There's going to be elections here in Indonesia this year for a new president, which could change the course of this country, where I'm located currently. And also in my home country of America, in November is the big day. I tell you what, the next 12 months could be a roller coaster ride. Anything could happen. Heard some good news today. The Democrats and um, the deep state are trying anything they can to stop President Trump from running. I think they tried to invoke what was the 14th Amendment and claim he wasn't eligible to run for office and challenged him at the state level in at least four states. Three states overturned that and said, of course he's able to run. And the fourth one had to cave in. I think, uh, was that Colorado? I'm not sure. That was wavering. Bottom line is, he's going to run. It looks like their attempts in the the courts uh, for civil uh, battles are being lost too. And we're going to pray for him before it's over with. Uh, You know, I voted for President Trump twice, and uh, I'm going to support him for a third run any way that I can. Um, Of course, I may not be eligible this time to vote, I've been gone from America for seven years, and my uh, the ID that I need there to run has expired. So I'd have to go back and re-register, and I don't know that I could do that in time. However, I will support him any way that I can. That being the case, <clears throat> uh, we still got to get to the election. That's November. And then, what if he won? Well, 
he wouldn't take power until what January anything could happen in that two month window and probably will happen listen the Sodomocrats the deep state they're on both sides of the aisle have done already everything they could to stop him thus far look at attorney Barr he was worthless as many of the cabinet members were betrayed Trump Pence betrayed Trump stabbed him in the back so I say that there's culpable people on both sides of the aisle that uh, do not like Trump do not love America they've sold us out in the past and they're continuing to do that today and want further attempts to do that until we lose all of our sovereignty that's the plan and we come under the dictates of World Economic Forum, the WHO, the UN, etc. Really, I don't have to hold, hold back because uh, I've already been shown last week that probably a future on YouTube is not likely. We got a warning for a program I posted from like 13 years ago. So, oh my goodness. I've already been through that misery like eight times. There are eight channels. We're a podcast, so really I can say anything that I want. Although I've been making some YouTube shorts, so I'm trying to uh, make the adjustment there. I can say what I want here, but not over there. Well, I don't know that we'll make it to the election. There's a high possibility that uh, the deep state, if they can't, uh, if they cannot steal the vote like they did last time. I stand by that. I believe they stole the vote. Freedom of speech. That what they would do is they would try to uh, stop him from getting in in January if he won with some kind of false flag. Invoke martial law and then um, permanently delay him taking office. Anything can happen, folks. We've got wicked people that pulled 911. Okay, we've got a long history of um, black ops and false flags. Go back a long time. Look, the CIA assassinated a president, JFK. Anything could happen. Now, what if we're under the judgment of God? How are you going to divert that? We could be at the point where the judgments have already started. And if they've started, we're in some deep trouble. I don't think it could stave it at this juncture from continuing and increasing in severity would be full-on repentance as a nation. I don't see that happening. Do you? Nations uh, have been destroyed before for lesser crimes than we commit every day, murdering the children. So why should God give us a pass if we're not willing to repent as a nation like Nineveh did? That bought them some time. And there is a scripture that says, God will bring men against your nation to overrun you like caterpillars and they will lift up their hands in a shout, their fist in a shout, paraphrase. We had 4 million people come in illegally in December. I just heard today. How many total? 
well over the decades I'm sure a hundred million or more we've had this problem for some time we're in trouble and so if America's going to be saved it's going to have to repent Trump can't save it but he will get my vote because um, what's the uh, future going to look like with more Democrats in the White House they may have put the final nail in the coffin over at COP28 the aftermath to be determined while people were wrapping Christmas gifts COP28 was wrapping up with their meetings what about this treaty that's to be signed with the WHO to give them uh, power as the health czar in the next plan-demic emphasis on planned our sovereignty is being sold away from us we're in trouble it's time to go all in for Jesus Christ I'll say again this is going to be a roller coaster of a year anything can happen so we need to be in prayer prayed up stay in the word have the blood applied to the doorpost and um, you and I can make it now the fear of man bringeth a snare but those who trust in God shall be safe so I don't fear the new world order but I'm just being transparent here and warning anything can happen from this point forward the next 12 months is going to be interesting and um, even so I'm committed to going all in for 2024 this is the year to make war on the host of hell as pressure is being put on you and I we need to be putting pressure on the demons fighting back doubling down this year to recover all as far as I'm concerned I'll die with my boots on if that's what it takes but I'm going to take some demon scalps with me in the process some souls do I hear an amen let's pray father Yehovah in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I thank you for today this is the day that you have made we shall rejoice and be glad in it forgive us Lord Jesus of all of our sins known and unknown back to the very first thought word deed gesture and action father God we plead the blood of Jesus over our families over our countries Plead the blood of Jesus over President Trump. God, go before him and be his defense. Thank you for the victories that you've given him. God, give him defense all the way to the finish line. According to your will, God. We ask that you would uncover what has been covered up by these wicked people in power. God, expose their sins. Let it come to the light of day. Father God, help us all. Forgive us of all our sins. Guide and direct our steps today. Have your way. You said if we will acknowledge you, you shall direct our paths. Lord, we're acknowledging you today. We need your guidance and direction. Order our footsteps. Make our path straight. Give us strength that we need, God. Physical, spiritual, financial. To move forward. Open up some doors, God, of opportunity for people out there. Bless Brother Ian as he goes in on his job interview tomorrow, God. Give him favor. We ask God for healing, ministering angels to touch 
Prophet Scott Mather, bring healing to his body. Also to Brother Mel Novak, strengthen him, God. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, provide the Holy Spirit of God to come and teach us the word. Amen. Hello, Brother Dave in Canada. And uh, Jogboago, what part of the, the world do you live in? You're in, um, oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm plus 13 hours ahead of you. So that's right. It's only 1020 p.m. if you're in California. I forget that uh, I'm plus 13. Okay, I was plus 12, but the time zone puts me ahead one more hour. Okay. We're going to go into Ruth chapter 3. Then I got to go to the gym later. Pick up some dog food. My poor dog, he's run out of food. I'm giving him canned tuna and sardines. Now, he loves that. That's high-quality protein, but uh, can't just live off protein unless you want to lose weight. The Omega Man can live off protein because I need to lose weight. But that dog's a lean, mean, fighting Bazinji machine. He's from Africa. The breed, they don't bark. Uh, they have long legs. They're a small dog, but they have long legs like a horse. His ears stick up like a fox uh, they yodel if they get excited uh, they're one of the fastest dogs on the planet and you can train them to be the number one hunting dog bird dog there's a a great movie that deals with the Bazinji dogs which I saw back in the 50's and uh, it's called uh, for, I think it's called Farewell My Lady it's black and white. It's got Sidney Poitier in there and the uh, boy from Shane. You got to watch it. It's a great movie about a, a boy finds a strange dog down in the uh, in the bayou. What well, turns out to be a Bazinji. That's where I heard about the breed. I found one many years ago in Costa Rica. I've had them before. Lost one in Panama that it jumped off a chain and ran and somebody grabbed it. And uh, I have another one now. Had a couple here. Gave one away to a church. Um, one died. And we have uh, Ringo. He stood the course. He's he's a good dog. He's lasted from the beginning. He was my first here. And uh, we're looking for a help meet for him. Poor dog. Uh, it's called Farewell My Lady. I think that's what it's called. You can find it, I believe, on YouTube. And uh, it's a great movie. It's called, let's see, Farewell, My Lady? Hang on. Oh, no, it's called Goodbye, My Lady. Goodbye, My Lady, 1956. In fact, I got a link for you, I think, right here. Hang on. Yeah, I do. Look at this. I'll make it easy for you. Goodbye, My Lady, 1956. Watch it. It's a really good movie. Now, you might find even a better copy if you look out there, but that's just what I found real quick on YouTube. Um... Great little dogs. They don't bark. I didn't latch the bottom of the uh, the the, uh, the door to the, the pen that we keep them in. And he broke out the other night, and I was getting ready to go to bed. It was wee hours in the morning. I looked out the window under the starlight. I saw a dog. And I said, that's Ringo. I had to go out there and grab him. He had got out. He was panting. I think he had run a couple miles probably by then. 
They're so fast they run like a they dart like a you know a rabbit, not a rabbit, but what's like a jackrabbit. I think they could probably compete with a greyhound. They're super fast dogs, so if they break off away from you, you might not get them back unless they want to come back. They also are able to climb, and um, they're masters of escape. I was going to call him Houdini because he escaped about seven times first time, got through cracks in the fence. And uh, finally solved that one. Okay, enough about that. Bazinji. Um, they're one of the first dogs on the planet, apparently. Okay, interesting dogs. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Had to get warmed up. Ruth chapter 3. <clears throat> then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter... Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? So where we're picking up here is uh, Naomi was a mother-in-law of Ruth and another daughter-in-law. And Naomi's husband and her two sons had died, left her as a widow woman, and her two daughters-in-law as widows. And they were living, I believe, over in Moab at the time. And Ruth says, I'm going to go back to my country. Y'all have stayed with me. You've treated me well. Go home now to your, your families. Back to your lands and to your gods. And uh, the one daughter-in-law left, but Ruth says, Claved unto Naomi. She says, Where you go, I will go. She said, I'm with you to the end. So they went back home, and of course you got to eat. And what are you going to do? The husband is gone. The provider of the home is gone. So Ruth goes out to try to glean barley from the harvest fields. And, of course, the Word of God says uh, you're not to um, prohibit the poor from going in and gleaning some of the crops after the harvest. So anything that was left on the ground after you've went and done the harvest, leave that for the poor. And of course, uh, she went out there to try to get enough to, I guess, bake some hoe cakes. That's what they said down in the old south, a hoe cake. Make you some bread, some barley bread, I guess. Probably something like Ezekiel bread. Bake her a cake to eat no mention of chicken or beef or or steak or anything like that imagine just eating barley that's po I've been po before Uh, my diet consisted of ramen noodles but I made my dollar stretch I could get four for a dollar and I lived off ramen noodles a banana and uh, a small baggie of crackling oat bran I figured I'd get my potassium from the banana, the crack on oat bran for, you know, for roughage, fiber, and the ramen noodles. And uh, believe me, I would eat the one pea and the one carrot that they give you in every one. Yes, I've also eaten saltine crackers and tuna and been thankful for it. And if you want to lose weight, you go on the ramen noodle diet. Uh, 
That diet does work. That and about four miles of walking per day. And you just drink water. Of course, as uh, I was blessed maybe to be in the area of the taco, of the Del Taco, there off the trolley system in San Diego, I would jump off the trolley, jump the track, walk over to Del Taco and get me um, three tacos for a dollar with some sauce, cup of water. Couldn't afford the Coke. Uh, because my... Uh, my food allowance was about $15 a week. That is what I had budgeted myself. So how do you make $15 stretch? The occasional burger, if I had a little bit left over. Uh, that's how you lose weight. One day you'll look and your pants will just fall to your ankles and you have to put three holes in your belt. So I've, I've been there and done that. When I lived uh, south of the border, back in 2000, those were... The best of times, the worst of times. And then God opened a great door for a job that gave me 70 hours a week and a mile from the Otay Mesa border there at Maxell Corporation. And man, that was my dream. Dream job at the time. I'd worked there as a temp. God gave me the job. But I know what it's like to be Poe. So Poe that I couldn't afford a refrigerator. I had a microwave and I had a uh, five-gallon bottle of water. That was another reason I ate uh, ramen noodles. At least I could microwave them. And do it on the job, too. You had to carry lunch, so carry some of those in my backpack, and when lunch break came, ramen noodles. And I survived. And I had no fat on me. Boy, I'd like to have done a BMI then. Um, so poor at one time that I did not have a broom to sweep my floor. I'm not joking there. It cost you about $7 to buy a broom. I didn't have it. And so, as some trash will accumulate on the ground, what I would have to do is get two pieces of paper and go over there and try to scoop it up. Didn't have a mop either for a period of time until the job came. So, yeah. I've been there and done that, but I haven't been at this juncture where I had to literally go out there and get barley out of the field. So she was doing that to survive, and she goes out, and lo and behold, she encounters one of the kinfolk of Naomi through her husband's side, a man of wealth named Boaz who owned the land, and he took favor with Ruth and told his people listen nobody's to bother her let her glean and also leave some extra behind for her to glean and then he invited her to come out and eat and get a hot meal every day when the food was brought out so we enter chapter 3 and Naomi is you know considering her widowed daughter-in-law She's still marrying age. She's free to marry. Her husband has died. And she's very pleased when um, Ruth comes back with that barley. It was it said it was about an ephah in a mount. And now is not Boaz our kindred with whose maidens you were? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. She's thinking about doing a little bit of matchmaking here. 
Wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the fore. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lies down that thou mark the place where he shall lie and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. She said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. And she went down unto the fore and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, well, he wasn't drinking iced tea. Because as his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. (laughs) Now I have to research that a little bit, but either she lifted up the, um, the bedspread that was covering his feet or the whole thing but she was laying down there at the end and his probably feet got cold and he, he got afraid he said what's that I feel something warm at the end and there's hair on top of that and laying on my feet and he looked down there and found a woman I think I'd be afraid too I was a single man and I woke up in the middle of the night there was a woman laying at my feet and he said who art thou? Plus it's dark on top of that. You're in the dark. He could just flick on the lights. Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. That took some bravery. And he said, Blessed be thou of Jehovah, my daughter. For thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Insomuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Because for some of them, the motivation of a single, you know, widow woman would be to find a husband. Not to say that's wrong. Okay? Not at all. God did not create men to be alone nor woman. And uh, especially if you're a widow woman, where are you going to go? She needs to find her a husband. And uh, he said, you weren't out there looking for one. I didn't see you dating anybody, talking to any of these men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. She wasn't out there dating. That's typically how the uh, uh, most of the, the ladies in the West would do it. Unless they're virtuous before the Lord, they'll out there be dating. 
whether they're widow or not. Find them a man. And that involves jumping in the sack. Tell me if that's not true. Come on, tell me if that's not true. With rare exception. Saved or unsaved. When it comes down to it, I, I have not heard any stories in a long time of people who have remained virtuous. And either kept their virgin or remained celibate uh, after the death of a husband until they found a, a new one. It's very rare. And uh, it was notable even in that time that he said, uh, you know, you weren't out there looking for a man, poor or rich. Everybody knows that you've been virtuous. So he says, I will take care of, take care of you, whatever you need. She's a blessed woman. Again, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And I can say the same could be held with men. You, uh, you know, you don't hear too often anymore of men that will remain celibate until the honeymoon night. Very rare. I don't know any. I, do, I don't know any um, stories out there. It's hard. It's hard in this day and age with all the temptation. Goes on to say, And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As Yahovah liveth, lie down until the morning. Okay, well, so he's saying, there is one, another who's even closer than I am in relation to you. And uh, he gets first dibs. If he won't take her and bring her in as his wife, then Boaz will. Oh boy, I just thought of a great song to take a break with in just a minute. Not that one. (laughs) Hang on. And some of the ladies have to be asking themselves, well, what if that guy's ugly? That is a possibility. She would be required, I guess, to to marry him. Just put a paper bag over his head. Okay. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. So it was dark when this came. No wonder the sky was afraid. It could have been an animal at first. He didn't know what was sleeping at his feet. They got to want a snake. When you live out there in the, uh, you know, in the country or whatever, or the desert or wherever they were, out on the plains, if you have snakes out there, many times they will come up there and get in and cuddle with you to get your body warmth. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. You wake up and there's a snake cuddling with you. He's spooning for your body heat. Okay. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another, and he said, 
Let it not be known that a woman came into the fort. Well, that wouldn't be good for his reputation or hers because it would be assumed that they were knocking the boots. And they didn't do, do that. Also, he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. Wow. And she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? She told her, that, told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty until thy mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished this thing today. And I don't think that uh, Boaz was a reluctant um, would-be, could-be husband. There was just a protocol for things and there was someone closer than him as a, a relative that probably should be considered first. She wants to marry in the clan. And he just had to defer. But I'm, th- I'm thinking that he probably wants to marry her. So he's going to deal with this thing quickly. I'm rooting for Ruth. I think she's a, they would make a good match. Let's see what happens. Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by and to whom he said, Ho, such a one. Turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi that has come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land which was our brother's brother Elamex and I thought to advertise thee saying buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people if thou wilt redeem it redeem it but if thou wilt not redeem it then tell me that I may know for there is none to redeem it besides thee. And I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that means uh, that means that whoever buys that land has also got to impregnate Ruth and give her a child to raise up a child for her dead husband possibly I'm wondering that's what I'm thinking. I have to study that a little bit. But there was a tradition where, let's say, a young man uh, who has brothers dies and leaves his wife a widow and they had no children. His brother would have to come up and take her as a wife and raise up seed for his brother who was dead. And there's a case of a man named Onan. 
was it was it Onan? The brother has died. He was to go in and take the widow, and he went into her and jumped her bones. But he shot his seed on the ground. Now that's what the Bible says. I'm not trying to be graphic here, but that's what the Bible said. He did not want to raise up seed for his brother. And so instead of impregnating her, he shot his seed on the ground and God struck him down and killed him right there. So it's very possible that this was also part of the bargain. You're going to buy the land, okay? And also, Ruth comes as part of the package deal. She's a widower. You're going to have to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, or I cannot redeem it. All right. Boaz has got it. Now this was a manner in former time of in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. Okay. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. This is how you sign the deal. Want a handshake? You take your shoe off and give it to your neighbor. <laughs> I think one of us should try that. We might get a shock. They'll say, what the heck are you doing? I was just sealing the deal. I'm taking my shoe off. Here, hold it. I also like how they used to uh, shake... Well, when there was a greeting back in Roman times, people wouldn't necessarily shake the hands. They would get up there and shake the uh, forearm. That's kind of cool. I saw that in uh, Ben-Hur. I do that sometimes. People look at me a little bit strange. I'm saying, hey, this is how they did it back in Roman days. Oh, okay. Now, therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elamex. You've got to buy the land. And, and all that was Chilions and Mangons of the hand of Naomi. They didn't have any heirs. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Mangon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. There we go that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren. God did not want the, you know, a family to die out. Somebody had to raise up that seed. And the case where a man had died and he had not borne children. I'll never forget. It was, uh, it was a little bit strange. A shock to me when I heard it. But the first prophecy I ever received in my life, and I've tried to save everyone, uh, was 2005, and I had went to the Lord to seek His counsel regarding a business deal that I was pretty much uh, being forced into if I wanted to continue in the Hootie business at the time. I just got started. I'd been going about six months. Things were going well. God was blessing the company. Then my South African Hootie Gordoni supplier 
told me, we're running out of hootie over here. It's gotten so bad, people are just plucking hootie up by the root, which is not what you do. You're supposed to make cuttings on it so it can continue to produce uh, more hootie. But people are just plucking it up and selling it. It's about to go extinct over here. We're going to have to plant some more. And this is going to cost me X number of dollars, like 150 grand is what it was, uh, to plant this field. And uh, whoever partners with me can run with me, and they can get the hoodie and be in supply. And if not, you may run out of product. And I'm thinking, oh, great, I just got started. I'm going to run out of hoodie. I was a little bit depressed. Then I thought, where am I going to get 150 grand? I'm just getting started. Well, I knew some venture capitalists. They were doing a merchant account at the time. The, and uh, I could approach them. But at this point, I hadn't met my uh, supplier. His name was Romeo. I didn't know if this was a scam or what. With all the scams that have come out of Nigeria. Now, this was South Africa, but I'm just thinking, you know, am I going to send sight unseen? If I can get the money, 150 grand. To someone I don't even know if if they're legit. I mean, we've done some orders together, but they might take it and run it. Then I'm liable for it. And I was. If anything had backfired, it was a signature loan. I would have to pay it, pay it off with interest, of course. I didn't know what to do. What would you do? You got to come up with 150 grand in a week or two. What are you going to do? I went to the Lord in prayer. Man, I needed a word. Just so happened that at that time we had uh, rented a uh, retail space in Gainesville, Georgia for Desert Burn, my, my company we'd started. And I had my brother Cameron working for me and we had a, one secretary named Hope. I did the marketing and all the uh, the uh, production and website and all that stuff back end and then we actually did our shipping from there and Hope took calls and Hope said uh, and I said to my brother Cameron Hope hey you know would y'all mind uh, joining me in prayer maybe on Friday we can pray and just see if God gives us an answer she says well I have a friend named Jeanette who's a prophetess would you mind if she said in I said hey that'd be great make a long story longer she told Jeanette, and even before we had the meeting, Jeanette was, Janine, excuse me, Janine, not Jeanette, uh, Janine was in a dollar store. And the Lord spoke to her and gave her a word for me. So Hope called me and said, hey, Janine was over in a dollar store and God spoke to her. Well, what did he say? She's not allowed to tell you. And I was like, oh man, now that didn't feel good. I said, oh boy, something bad has happened. I'm in trouble. I was just thinking the worst. I said, I got to call her and find out what's going on. And I tracked her down and she said, Yes, the Lord spoke to me. What did he say? Well, he's still downloading it to me. And I said, Okay. Well, it might be good, might not. We'll have to wait and see. What's the Lord going to say? And she says, Here's what I want you to do we're going to have a meeting, and that'll give me some time to. Uh, give you the whole word as God gives it to me over the phone. But before we do, over the next two weeks, or over the next week rather, 
I want you just to read the word and pray every day and then when we meet tell me what God showed you so fast forward God gives me uh, scripture out of Jeremiah over in Jeremiah chapter 1 day came I got to talk to Janine and she said <clears throat> okay the Lord has spoken to me and uh, and she began to uh, give me some of the word that he had given me and actually set up an official date and had some witnesses there and she gave me the full prophecy the good news is God said there are other sources of Hudia than the one you've got however it's okay to proceed with that deal too so we did and I contacted my um, VC people and made a deal with them and they wired me the cash but I I cut even a better deal and uh, was able to get the same deal for 75 grand so I wired the money to Africa back in 2005 uh, cut the deal my hoodie supply was secured and um, had to pay that off with interest which I did at the same time um, there were other sources of Hootia so that was a good backup plan and then there was a major word that the Lord gave me it was not all about Hootia there was more at that the Lord had to say to me and uh, he said he was going to do some certain things and then he said uh, let there be seed and I'm like what he said let there be seed I don't know if there can't be seed you won't let there be seed but he says let there be seed and I'm like good grief now I'd went through a divorce I was married again had went through a really nasty uh, custody battle lost my son Heston and um, just about broke my heart and I thought man I don't ever want to go through that again so that was the last thing in my mind to do at the time fast forward uh, there were some other words and uh, I didn't obey the Lord and um it wouldn't be until, shoot, 11 years later that I would have some more children. And now, praise God, I have fulfilled what he asked me to do. We had three more. So I've got a total of five. I've got two from my youth and three from the second part of my life, Jeremiah, Judah, and Jemima. But isn't it interesting with seed? I know some people that will never have children by choice. And their name basically dies out. They don't want to have children. God's not happy with that. He said, and let there be seed in the word of God. And we got people killing their seed. We got people who never want to be married. Or if they do, they never want to have kids. By choice. And if there's a physical problem, that can be fixed. We know many people who are infertile, either the woman or the man, and God has opened the womb. God can do that. I've seen it happen for people. My own family. Prophet prayed for him and gave him the word of the Lord. You will fast for seven days and uh, you will get impregnated. And they did. 
and they got pregnant, whereas they couldn't before. They tried. There were others that had not given up. Somebody prayed for them, and they had triplets. And if that is you tuning in out there, get Dr. Jonathan Hansen to pray for you, or Joseph Jasinski. They see success in that area. You will have, you will have, you will bear children. So God is very concerned with seed, and that was uh, what was the that was the requirement there. It would not have been good for those two men to have died without heirs and um, not have seed raised up for them with the widow. The sin of Onan shot his seed on the ground and God smote him, killed him right there on the ground. Think about it. What are the consequences for killing our seed? Sacrificing them to uh, Molech through abortions, murdering the unborn. The morning after pill, that's murder. Life begins at the moment of conception. If you weren't pregnant, then why would you need to terminate a pregnancy with an after morning pill? The woman has gotten pregnant. They take the pill and it kills the baby. It may only be a few hours old. It already has a spirit in it. God's very concerned with seed. He says, Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. Yahovah, make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephratah, and be famous in Bethlehem, and let thy house be like the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, the seed of which Yahovah shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, Yahovah gave her conception, and she bare a son. It's Yahovah that gives the conception. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be Yahovah, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it I'm not trying to condemn anybody out there who may be tuning in who may be single or widowed or don't have children at this point in time Uh, it's getting harder in this day and time to get equally yoked 
It's very hard, especially as we get older, to find a help meet in a Western society where many people are looking for a six-foot-five tall man who's a millionaire, drives a Ferrari, and could give them everything that they, their hearts desire. That's tough, especially as you get older. That's why many men have had to look overseas for wives. It's easier. The standard is lower. You don't have to be as young and as handsome and as rich as many are waiting for a spouse, their spouse to be in America. It's sad to say that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I found it tough my own self at 46, looking at being married again, having been a eunuch for 4.4 years to try to find a bride. And he said, I was too old. Or they didn't say it, but they thought, you're too short, you're only five foot five and three quarter. Or even worse yet, I got to find one that uh, wanted to marry a uh, exorcist. Your husband does what? He, he casts out demons, does a podcast? Oh, no, I'm looking for a doctor or a lawyer or an athlete <laughs> or a real estate investor. It was tough. I said, Lord, have mercy. But God gave me a prophetic word and it happened. Got married again. It's not too late for anybody. And again, if you can't find an American woman, guys, come to Indonesia. There's plenty of eligible bachelorettes, I'm just here to tell you. Uh, Like seven women for every man. Okay. And the woman said unto Naomi, Wait a minute. Oh, okay. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be Yehovah, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. God used a Moabitess woman, Ruth. And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, This is a son, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. That's amazing. Obed, Jesse, David, father, grandfather, great-grandmother, David's great-grandmother, amazing, Ruth, great-great-great-granny was uh, Naomi, this is amazing, now these are the generations of Pharez, Pharez beget Hezron, and Hezron beget Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon. Some people would call him Salmon. I've never taken to that word. I like Salmon. Some call it McDonald's, McD's, Mickey D's. I call it McDonald's. 
And Salmon beget Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. Hey, that's a beautiful story there. We're going to stop right there in the book of Ruth. By the way, there's a great movie from either the late 50s, I think it's the late 50s, like 57 or so, or it's the early 60s. It's called Ruth. And it really goes back there and focuses for a while on the Moabites and what it was like and what that culture did over there. They were involved in a lot of idolatry. I'm glad that Ruth escaped. And she came over and she began to serve the one true living God, Yahovah, instead of the Moabite gods. But it's a great um, Bible epic, rich technicolor. Check it out. It's called Ruth. Okay. I like the old Bible films. I wish they would make more. In recent history, King David with Richard Gere was epic. I love that. Okay, we're going to do one more uh, book and we'll close. I'm going to go over to... Um, so we did Ruth 3 and 4. We finished up Ruth. We'll be in First Samuel tomorrow. We're going to go to Matthew 16. You never know where we may go and speak my word. I get off onto some micro stories or micro sermons. Matthew 16, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees. Now the Pharisees were strict adherents. Strict uh, adherence to the religion. And they believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees, however, were said, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection. They believed that you died. Oop, there it is. It's over. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Talk about Jesus. Jesus answered and said to them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and low ring. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand Neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets ye took up? Some have read the Bible and thought that this occurred only one time where Jesus multiplied the, the loaves and the fishes. No, right here Jesus said, at least on two occasions he did it. course he did again we can't document all that Christ did there's not enough ink in the oceans it says to do it 
uh, books that could contain all that he did. Again, neither the seven loaves of the 4,000, how many baskets ye took up. How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. You see, they read the Torah and the prophets, but rather than obey them in its entirety, they uh, obeyed the written traditions of men, as we were talking about yesterday, the Talmud. The five books of Moses is called the Torah, the law, and then you got the prophets. The entirety of the Old Testament is called the Tanakh in Hebrew. But the Talmud, that's yet another thing. That's extra biblical. It's like the Encyclopedia of the Jews, the writings of the, the rabbis and the sages. And the Pharisees would obey them over the Word of God. And they leavened the Word with that, their doctrines. These were religious sects, denominations that not obey the Word of God. We've got some denominations today that don't obey the Word of God. We've got many that don't cast out devils. Don't believe in it. Yet Jesus said that was a sign that would follow them that believe, and he listed it as the first one. I would I would venture to say he did it in order of importance. Some don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Some don't believe in the King James Bible. They've replaced it with doctrines of men of Horton Westcott. That's why I warn you. If you don't want to go wrong, stick with the King James. It's one of the few left of the modern Bibles that have not been corrupted with leaven and with uh, bastard text from the Catholic Church. Even the New King James, the, the recent editions, has been recaptured by the Catholics, the Jesuits. It's a bridge back to Babylon, as all these other modern Bibles are by and large, with the exception of the King James, for the most part. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elisha, or Elijah, or others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye? Talking about the whole group there, that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew, the Son of the living God, capital S, Son. The only begotten Son. He knew it. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
and there are those that will debate Christians from Islam and they'll try to say well you see Jesus never said he was God right here he does but they don't read and have understanding of the word Jesus says many places he and the father are one right here he's admitting to the fact that he's the son of God he's the Messiah blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven many places Jesus said he and the father were one that he was God God is a title incidentally for three the father Yahovah the son Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach if you prefer Hebrew and the Holy Ghost the spirit the comforter they're three individuals they're all God they all hold that title and authority Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I say unto thee, speaking to an individual, thee thy and thou singular ye is plural. And I say also I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day he was telling them a prophecy that was going to be fulfilled then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying be it far from thee Lord this shall not be unto thee but Jesus turned and said unto Peter get thee behind me Satan thou art an offense unto me for thou savorest not the things that be of God but those that be of men he was speaking to a demonic spirit that was speaking through Peter. Peter would need deliverance. Later on, he would deny Christ three times and had a problem with profanity. He was a fisherman, so he cursed like a sailor too. Do you and I have problems with profanity? What are we feeding into our spirit man are we listening to profanity you don't think that the, a spirit of profanity can't transfer in from hip hop lyrics from movies just about every movie has them I have to repent because I watch movies sometimes and they're they're not always clean with the words some of them I just had to turn off just so bad Lord forgive me forgive us all but it can get into you 
And if you want to know if you've got a problem with profanity, here's how you do it. Just get a brick, take your shoe off, and drop it right on your toe. And uh, the first word comes out of your mouth will tell you if you've got a problem or not. There's one word sometimes I still say. And I, I don't mean to say it, but Lord, purge me of any profanity. Years ago, I used to have a real problem. I didn't have any problem. Then I uh, wasn't living for the Lord when I was about 18 and 19. Picked up a lot of nasty words. Well, I'll tell you the truth. It just brought back a memory. When my parents were separating, they would finally get back together and later divorce. For a while, me and my brother lived with our grandparents, and I was like in second grade and jerked out of one school, put in this new school. Of course, you don't have any friends to start with, but I try to make myself friendly, and um, I would get with these kids there in Georgia, and they all had nasty mouths. And uh, they taught me curse words. It's crazy, but me and this girl sat at the same table. We used to sing this song. It was made up of like uh, half a dozen curse words, and just say the curse words. One long, I was coming home at the church parsonage of my grandmother and granddad, and I was I was using them all. I had a nasty mouth, big time. I picked it up from the other kids at school. You don't think you can pick up stuff from TV? The inputs, streams from what you're watching and what you're listening to from the world. Of course you can. We've got to guard our heart and our eye gate, ear gate, and Lord. Purchase of any profanity. And some people get very profane out there. Lord, forgive me. Sometimes I say S-H-I-T. I don't mean to. It's about the last word remaining. I don't have a problem with profanity, but once in a while, that will slip out. God, forgive me. Purge me in Jesus' name says so Peter needed deliverance is my point and yes right up until the time Jesus had been arrested Peter went out there and denied Christ three times third time he got so angry he just cursed he had to repent later on he must have got his deliverance because ultimately he would lay his life down for Christ and be crucified right side up. We're all work in progress. Let the Lord purchase this year of all sin and equity. Fill us with His Holy Spirit. Do, you, do I hear an amen? For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Jeff Bezos should be thinking about that. Elon Musk. Sadly, I don't believe Elon's saved either. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. People don't think there's rewards coming? Oh, there's rewards coming, good and bad. God's not a communist. It's not we all get in. And there's no differences among us 
Use what time you got and work for the Lord. There's reward coming. And if we don't work for the Lord, we're going to give an accounting for not and receive reward for that too. Verily I say to you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. I'm going to stop right there. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. It is precious. We have no excuse, God. We all have access to as many copies of your word as we need. At least for now we do. We need to be in it every day. God put a hunger in us to get into the word every day. Bless everyone that came out in Jesus Christ's mighty name. We cover us all in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Folks, love and appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. God richly bless you. And I'll see you again tomorrow for another edition of Speak My Word. We're here seven days a week for this program. We will be back, though, with a marathon, which can run Monday through Friday, beginning Monday, January 1. And uh, enjoy New Year's Day. Then come on over and enjoy the programs in the evenings to start off a new year. We'll be on from 7 to 11 Eastern. That's the plan. Monday through Friday, Demon Hotlines Friday. We're going to have our international shows back. And uh, count on, well, five, maybe six shows a day Can uh, when you include Speak My Word and international programs. At least five a day, most days. So it's going to be a lot of great content. Plus, I'm going to resume the, the Reloaded. So you're going to have episodes coming out uh Seven Ways to Sunday. Okay, I'll, I'll put it like that. Okay, God bless you all. Love you. And uh, I'll close with a song. God bless you.